Happy Woo Wednesdays! I have Duncan Blanc in the Get a Heck Yes house. Today we talk all about dubstep. Just kidding, we talk about pre-qualifying clients. He's a venue manager at La Venta Inn in Palos Verdes, owned by Made by Meg Catering, one of my favorite venues in the South Bay with the best food. He is quite the character. Go check him out on TikTok. He went viral by posting a video on how to whistle. You are going to love this episode. Welcome to Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. I'm your host, Carissa, and I've been a Los Angeles wedding photographer for over a decade. I've traveled the world, built my team, and seen it all. I now coach wedding photographers hit 10K a month and build a thriving business. In this podcast, we are going to deep dive into how top wedding creatives get that heck yes from their dream clients. We are not holding back on the struggles of the business and how to push through the noise. Some healthy hustle, mindset shifts, up-leveling your money story, time hacks because I'm a mom of two, a little bit of woo-woo, and most importantly, self-love and confidence are just a few of the many things we will talk about. I want to give you a genuine thank you for following along my journey. I hope to inspire you every Wednesday so that you say heck yes to listening to this podcast. See you guys soon. Happy Wednesdays. You know me. I'm Carissa Wu and welcome back to my podcast, Get a Heck Yes. Today we're talking about path of pre-qualifying and today I have Duncan Blunt yes. in the house and he's actually at my studio in Torrance and he's a blend of creative energy and entrepreneurial passion. He's the venue manager at the famous La Venta Inn, oh, oh, a, oh, oh. a 1920s historic Spanish style villa in Palos Verdes down the street from me. Yes. He also writes music and screenplays. And his innovative mindset helps with building businesses, forming effective teams, and hosting memorable events. From public speaking to having coffee one-on-one, Duncan loves to have fun. We That's know right. that. We just That's went right. to sushi with some clients. So. I did. It was so fun to be able to connect over a client that we share. Yeah. Like to, to share sushi with someone and then be like, hey, let's have some sake together. Yeah. And then you, you build this rapport and this trust. That wedding is going to be so much fun. Yeah. Ah. Share the story how that happened. Yeah. So finding clients who are your dream clients and then them messaging you and saying, hey, have you heard of this photographer? And you're like, yeah, I have heard of that photographer. And then the photographer comes and you're like, yo, you're pretty cool. And then you're like, you're pretty cool. Wedding vendors know how to party. Yes, we and do. As someone who loves to party, you love to meet other people who love to party. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about this industry is it's pretty easy to become friends. Yeah. Because you share the same clientele. You go through like the grit and turmoil of event day together. And then you can become friends afterward. And, and that's the beautiful beauty of the industry, you know? So I love it. Yes. I don't know if you guys hear heard that air five. It wasn't the air five because we're live in person, but he's Duncan is actually talking about me. That's right. <laughs> So I guess, tell us in your words, I know you have a crazy story how you ended up in LA, but a little brief story about your journey and what it took you to today. Yes. I'm from North Carolina. I'm a Southern boy. And one day, one of my good friends in North Carolina, he made me a margarita. And he said, Duncan, have you ever thought that maybe you were meant for more? And I said, Pour me another margarita. Let's talk about it. Mm. I decided to take the leap. And as a Southerner, it's very hard to, to leave the South and leave that, that comfort and to have the audacity to dream for something bigger. Mm. 
I came out to House Verdes. It was July 2021. Had my aviators on and the California sunshine dripping down. <laughs> and I ripped my glasses off and I looked up at that cupola, the historic Laventa, and I said, dang, this is where I belong. And so I love California. I love the ambition. I love the drive. And I love the beautiful events. I'm so happy to be here. I'm gonna play that LAX when the dream of God again. Yes, play it. Play it, DJ. So for I know the story a little bit, but you actually got the job at La Venta in before you came. That's right. With your wife. That's right. <laughs> and a baby, right? We, yeah. we moved across the country and it was not easy. I had a two-year-old and a little six-month-old baby, and we went across the country to somewhere that we knew no one. Wow. Because we we believed in the opportunity. Made by Meg is such a cool company. Mm. Meg, my boss, premier chef, premier mm -hmm. CEO, definitely a top three caterer in LA. Mm -hmm. And she trusted me. And I get to learn from her every day. And it's, it's such a blessing. So we, we came to learn, we came to grow. The education is here. It's just better. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you have a lot of benefits in, in California. And sometimes Californians just don't realize how awesome it is. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm here just walking around just wide-eyed, just like a little puppy, like, oh, oh ooh, these tacos. Mm. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> happy all the time. Oh, you're, you're the golden retriever that we just want. I'm the golden retriever. I'm just so positive all the time. Okay, let's bring it back to that conversation with the margarita, maybe two, maybe three. And when he says, maybe, like, Duncan, you're meant for more. What more was that conversation? What were you doing at that time? And then what made you take that leap of faith? Was it that third margarita? Was it your friend? Did you always know you had something more in you? Or was it just that spark? Yeah. It takes courage to apply to jobs. It takes courage to see your manager experience and take it seriously. In the South, there's something called chicken biscuit syndrome. Mm. That's right, chicken biscuit syndrome. And it's like basically unhealthy humility. Whenever you're so humble that you don't believe in your leadership experience, you don't believe in your successes and you're able to point to them and say, I did that, that was me. It can make it tough to progress or tough to, to really find top positions. But I took the risk and I said, you know what? I, I have done something special. I've built this wonderful event venue. It's there called, you go. It's called Uptown Indigo. Mm. So I, I managed that venue for about four years. It has 500 five-star reviews on Google. It's probably one of the top private event venues in the state. Wow. And we did all kinds of experimental things. We had uh, projection mapping on the walls. We had in-house sound system. We had concerts, weddings. We created this very special venue. And I was there at the founding. I was there helping to build this beautiful venue. And I learned so much. And so I have something to offer. And so the trick is if you have something to offer, have the audacity to grow and to do something even bigger. Wow, that's that's a dream. I mean, what made it stand out on your resume to, um, if you don't know, you know, Meg, she owns a catering company made by Meg and she's a powerhouse. Um, what do you think made her choose you out of all the applicants? And like, what made your resume shine? She told me, she's, she said, Duncan, every planner in LA wants this job. Yep, yep. And giving it to you, someone who literally knows none of the planners. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I was pretty connected in North Carolina and I knew all the right people. So I was leaving the network in North Carolina to join a network that didn't know me. I believe it was a strategy that Meg had to not step on any toes because mm -hmm. she's hiring from out of state. So she's not making any of the planners mad. 
she was finding someone with a completely different region and a completely different experience in a, a, a blank slate. And Meg has very particular expectations. She's extremely detail-oriented and procedural. And so hiring a, a venue manager from somewhere who's that's not like that, she needs someone who's accepting of these new rules mm. and new situations and her management style. And I had that flexibility and I had that um, the the creative ability to work with her and to create contracts and to create all these different systems in place at a venue that has a good many rules, right? Most residential venues have a lot of rules. So we had to have a lot of solutions. And I think it was a, a good fit. I think we've created something really special in the last two years. That's amazing. Yeah, a lot of different changes happened in 2021. A lot of venues were getting taken over. So for context to our audience, Meg took over La Venta. And if you guys don't know La Venta, go check it out. It's one of the best venues mm -hmm. in the South Bay. But paint a picture of what it's like getting married at La Venta in the Palos Verdes. The very first structure on the entire peninsula. When you look up and you see those beautiful red terracotta tiles, mm. those white walls, Spanish colonial architecture, La Venta was the building that started all of that. Walter Davis in 1923 constructed that building as a sales office for the house Verdes project it was the first building it was like a clubhouse wow and now it's a wedding venue you walk in it feels like you're walking into someone's beautiful spanish villa estate there's a, a beautiful fountain with blue uh, everywhere you look inside of that fountain is just this old 1920s blue tile mm. and you just stare into the fountain it's beautiful look up and you see the jasmine blooming all the flowers the palm trees towards the sunset the sun sifts through those palm fronds you walk around the building ceremony lawn overlooking the queen's necklace mm. you have this beautiful beach leading to redondo beach and then you have the entire expanse of los angeles county you can see on a clear day you can see all the way to the hollywood sign across the entire county so cool. I love those descriptive words. It <laughs> reminds me of that movie, like, Under the Tuscan Sun. Mm. Do you know that one? I feel like I've heard that. Okay. She's very, she's like kind of like a book writer, but she uses very, like, descriptive words. Yeah. I have fun describing it. I yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to ask you, okay, um, tell us a little bit about your musician background and how, like, it helps you become um, a venue manager, maybe helps you in sales. Well, we were just using creative words mm -hmm. to have a creative writing moment. Writing is a big part of who I am. It's a big part of copywriting. Mm -hmm. It's a big part of marketing. you got to catch people's attention. You've got to give them what they need to make the decision for the sale. I love writing. I think it's a huge part of my day-to-day -day as a salesperson. Even just emails. You can learn a lot in between the lines mm -hmm. of a person of how they do emails. Creating trust in emails giving the right amount of information, not scaring them away. Mm -hmm. As a writer, I know that I'm a better salesperson. And the creative outlet for my writing has always been poetry and music. And, and I love writing music. I love singing. I'm a very extroverted poet. Mm -hmm. And singing is the combination of those two. Yeah, yeah. Getting on stage and having a spotlight. That's how. Yes. It's, it's, it's very macho. So. Yes. Yeah, so I just picture back our sushi date with the other <laughs> clients and like every five seconds I'm getting lagging. <laughs> so the thing I love about you know, Korean and Japanese cultures is that 
you want other people to pour the sake or soju into your cup and then you want to pour it into their cup yeah it's all about hospitality that's the industry we're in so yeah it's very symbolic to go to a japanese restaurant and have that sake poured into my cup and then to be able to pour it into our clients cups there's something about fellowship with clients it's not just this black and white corporate experience uh-huh. the wedding industry has the feminine energy mm. it has the the bandwidth to be love and loved you're able to be yourself more in this industry which i just love yeah we definitely were ourselves <laughs> we were ourselves I think you know like a little bit too much about me but we're closer yeah and, and honestly on the event day things go wrong sometimes mm-hmm. and i'm a big believer that when you have rapport and you have trust with your team and your vendor team you step up for one another yeah exactly able to step up for you mm-hmm. you're able to step up for me and sometimes patience wears thin mm-hmm. at venues you know but whenever we have the connection it's like okay how can i do my best for carissa how can carissa do her best for us and so i'm a big believer in those relationships i really am yay yeah okay so what is your best heck yes sales technique because we're going to be talking today about pre-qualifying our clients so you can answer this any way you want on my instagram right now is a reel with four photos that you took yeah that was a gift you gave me a gift here's a sales hack give venue managers gifts i gave you a gift you gave me four really wonderful photos yeah i was busy i was opening up the venue i was closing different types of air i think i was turning off the air conditioner whenever you took those photos and you said hey stop wait a second i want to get your photo those were great photos yeah fantastic unique lighting I had my my grandma's scarf on. My grandmother passed away recently. Oh, wear her scarf. Oh. And you took these great photos and you sent them to me. And I was like, what? It's not about bribing yeah. venue managers. Uh-huh. It's about how can I give you something of, of, of value. And a photo is valuable. Every photographer listening to this knows that. So trying to, to, to give, I get photographers all the time mm-hmm. saying, can we get on your preferred list? Mm. I actually got one this morning. I'd never heard of him. Mm-hmm. He didn't include any of his work. It was okay. just an email. Can I get on your preferred <laughs> list? Why? Why would anyone say Yeah, this? yeah, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's about reciprocating mm-hmm. and building trust. And if there's no need, no reason to trust you, yeah, yeah. do that. But if you're the kind of person that's going to, take a photo, edit a photo, send it to me. That's an example of giving. And that's a great way to a heck yes, because venues are at the top side of the mm-hmm. funnel. Photographers are further down the funnel. You want second or third mm-hmm. on average to be booked. Venues on average to first. We don't get a lot of referrals from places. Mm-hmm. I'd say 25% of our business comes from planners. Everyone's schmoozing the planners. Keep, keep schmoozing those planners. You got to do it. But 75% of our clients... They don't have a planner. They yeah. need a planner after us. And I say that because if you're in an industry where the venues book before you, which is pretty much all, all the yeah, vendors yeah. On, on your list, I recommend trying to build relationships with venues. When I do a styled shoot at Leventa, I try to do a styled shoot every three months. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's not just about the photos or the publications. It's not just about the theme or the vendors who who are experimenting we love experimenting mm-hmm. it's about the relationships mm-hmm. you build it really is if i enjoy being around you and i trust mm-hmm. you 
And I know that you're going to follow the rules on event day. And I know that you're going to treat our clients right. Yeah. That's why I'd want to put you on the preferred list. And with Laventa, it's actually Meg who has the final say. But I have a lot of input, right? I say, hey, here's the ones that I recommend mm-hmm. for our 2024 list. And Meg approves it. So I I see that. And it's all about the relationships. And you have to build that beforehand. Damn. Thank you for including me in your answer. <laughs> All right. So what is your our hot topic today and why is it so near and dear to your heart? I want to talk about pre-qualifying. I think that's what's going to be the most helpful for your listeners. Okay. Pre-qualifying is not a phone call. Pre-qualifying is not just sending your pricing over. It's all of marketing. For us, if you come in for a tour, you've been pre-qualified. So mm-hmm. I, would, I would consider pre-qualification everything in the funnel above the tour. Okay. When a, someone comes in for a tour at Leventa, we've probably spent over $200 getting that person wow. to walk in the door. It's a lot of marketing, a lot of energy, and it's a low conversion rate, right? Mm. If you think about the 100 people who look at this beautiful ocean view venue online mm. and they reach out it's a low percentage mm. that actually ends up coming in. So part of it is providing pricing. I'm a big believer in providing pricing before you meet in person. So mm-hmm. some of you disagree with that. I want them to know that they want us mm-hmm. before we meet because I only have so much time in the day for tours. Yeah. I have a team of uh, one booking specialist who gives tours. And then I have another team member who gives tours mm-hmm. and I give tours. We can only give 70 tours mm-hmm. in a week. We want to give tours that are 45 minutes long mm-hmm. and in-depth. We walk around the whole property. Mm-hmm. We talk. I learn what's important to them. I have a packet that I give out. Mm-hmm. We talk about policies and pricing and dates. It's a long amount of time that I spend on the tour. So it can't just be anyone. It has to be pre-qualified. And what I'd like for your listeners to know is that pre-qualifying starts with the very first moment they learn about your venue. Mm. Because it's the dream, right? I, you hear this a lot. Mm-hmm. Your dream couple, mm-hmm. your dream couple is pre-qualifying themselves the second they see your venue. Who did they see represented? Mm. What were those demographics that they see on their website? What do they see inside of the wedding guy? What type of food are you showing them off inside of that, that packet? They are pre-qualifying themselves because mm. if they know they're not a good fit, they're going to walk away. And that's what we want. We want them to walk away if they're not a good fit because we're looking for the dream couple. Yeah, I'm trying to wrap my head around all of this. Honestly, I think we're also talking about not just pre-qualifying, but we're talking about like, yeah, finding your dream client mm-hmm. in this pre-qualification process. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about like, what they see, the portfolio, like what you're showcasing. Yeah. What would you say like your dream client for Leventa in is? Yeah. We want couples who value food, who value privacy, mm. and who value an ocean view that doesn't go till 2 a.m. Um, residential venues cannot stay within late. And that's, okay. that's a big downfall for venues like Leventa. So the couples that don't mind 10 p.m. music off time are venues are couples who want a venue where it's about fame. If they're trying to impress their friends and dance the night away, it's about the friend group. If they're trying to really have some good food and and gather as a family, then it's about family. So I would say traditional couples um, who maybe are in their early 30s, they have iPhones, they like cocktails, 
food is a big part of their experience. They call themselves foodies. I could go on and on with yeah, the yeah, list yeah, of, of people who match that, but it's our unique selling proposition, privacy, high-end custom catering, ocean view, whatever we had at early time. When that overlaps with what the couple really wants, yeah. then, then that's our dream couple. That's awesome. I danced my ass off at that venue, at your venue. <laughs> so it's, it is about friends. It is about friends. It's, it's just not the late, late night experience. And, and I have to tell our couples that all the time. Like, look, I know it's 10 o'clock, music off. There's after parties. There's hotels. No, I was I was all about the late, like, oh, it's still 1 o'clock. And then everyone left at, like, 9 o'clock. And he sat around drunk. And, like, I was done with the, and it's the yeah. after party. Yeah. I, I used the phrase after party. And I always relate it to the next chapter. It's the fifth chapter. Chapter one, ceremony. Chapter two, cocktail hour. Chapter three, dining. Chapter four, dancing at Leventa. And chapter five, well, not everyone joins chapter five. Chapter five is after party. <laughs> I think it's a fun element. And people remember that after party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chapter last is cheeky. Toilet. <laughs> <laughs> last chapter that you don't want to. Yeah. Well, and then the more mature we are, like, yeah, I'm glad, glad I missed that final chapter. Then <laughs> I'm going to bed at 10 p.m. Yeah. Responsible adult. That's awesome. Okay, so a lot of wedding photographers are listening right now. What would you tell them how to pre-qualify, like some tips to pre-qualify their potential clients? I didn't know how to get into spaces that I wasn't invited into. My aha moment was I finally found a venue that I jammed with, and I think that we're going to have a great relationship, so I'm super excited to be on their list. I have presented myself, my art, and my business in a way that is speaking to someone, that is speaking to somebody enough where they recognize my brand, they know who I am and I don't know who they are, which is amazing, and they want to work with me. Yep, she's just one of my dozens of students crushing it. Go on my website, www.heckyes.com media.co and book a 15 minute strategy session with me only if you want to be booked out on multiple preferred vendor lists and have a proven marketing plan yeah think about your i, I call them tours but maybe you have a consultation phone call what do you give during those moments because if you're only spending five minutes on the phone with the client talking to them the first time you talk to them you could afford to pre-qualify less mm -hmm. But if I can only give three tours a day because I have a busy schedule, mm -hmm. there's only three couples I could talk to in the entire day mm -hmm. because I give so much. Our tours are full walk-arounds. We, we light the fire. Meg has custom water bottles with the little bit of mm -hmm. We give water bottles to all of our clients. Sometimes we even bake cookies. Like we bring cookies out. That's a big investment. So I would say that the higher your investment is at that first touch point, uh -huh. that is in person on the phone, the lower the threshold for your pre-qualifying. But our tours are great. I, I want people in California to say, Lovenza, oh yeah, they give the best of it in tours. Mm. We don't charge for it. Some venues, I don't know if you know this, some venues will charge for tours. I don't know that. I've seen it. I've seen this in Virginia, North Carolina. You want to come and tour our venue? It's $200. Because they don't want to mess around with yeah, yeah, yeah. for anything. They, they, they're saying, our time is so valuable. You got to pay us to come see the venue, which is, I think, a little bit intense. I, I want to open it up a little bit more, and I can, and I can give these really great free tours. All to say, pre-qualify in the sense of 
getting people ready to know that they want you and that they can afford you and then giving them something that's really valuable whenever you first connect with them. And I, and I give them something very valuable. I give them great conversation, great yeah, information, yeah. great views. They come in for a tour and I make it worth their time. I want them to be worth my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only so much to give. We both have two kids. Um, I pre-qualify my potential clients um, through a 10-minute screening phone call. Okay. And it's just pretty much getting to know them a little bit and their wedding and then I actually send them a proposal with mm. my pricing and make it kind of cool and custom with like mm. the venue in it. And um, and then if they take a call with a 30 minute Zoom call with me, we have to be all three parties on okay. me and See, the couple. That, that, that's what I would relate to the tour, right? Yeah. Because that's the, it, maybe we could call it discovery. Mm -hmm. We could call it like an in-depth consultation, but that's the value. That's the value moment. You're a 30 minute, I'm a 45 minute. You're exactly right. You need that before they would actually put down a deposit. Exactly. Yeah. Any other tips for, I'm thinking of photographers screening, like maybe like a questionnaire or maybe some do's and don'ts, or do you send an email like um, of everything like that you guys offer for a venue? We have a wedding guide. Uh -huh. It's a 22 page PDF. Wow. The trick with PDFs for all of your listeners, is to compress the PDF. I see way too many PDFs sent that are like 12 gigabytes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want my photos to be damaged. It's like, it won't. Just compress it that uh -huh. way. Send a PDF that's easy to open on okay. the iPhone. They open it up on the iPhone and they get most of the information. And if they read through it and they see the pricing, which you can or can't, depending on your preference, add to the PDF, then the next step is, okay, well, how do we schedule this phone call? Um, so for us, it's the wedding guide and it's our website. Yeah. I got to see this wedding guide. Yeah, it's it's good. It's and to oh, this was an next idea to download it from our website. You have to give us your email address. Oh, so smart. If we wanted to, we could reach out to you via the email address. If you didn't reach back out, my philosophy is if you look at our wedding guide and we're not in your budget, it might not be worth our time yeah. to reach out. But from a sales perspective, they gave you your their email, uh -huh. so you should at least try again. So we have a drip campaign. I, I would say Loventa and Made by Meg is probably top one percent of sales strategy. We have a seven email drip campaign that wow. goes to people once they sign up to get that PDF. Very special. We have a great marketing director named Taylor. Taylor takes care of all those drip campaign actions and getting people excited. Sometimes, let's say it was a photographer you're looking for a photographer as a, a recently engaged couple. You're going to reach out to ten photographers. That first day. Uh -huh. So sometimes it's the drip campaign. It's three days later, yeah. seven days later, 10 days later. It's the reminder. Oh, yeah, I forgot, to, I forgot to follow up with that person. So the drip campaign actually, I think, increases the likelihood that they go back to your website or they schedule a phone call yep. or they can full tour. So oh, that's that. Yeah, I, um, I guess, yeah, drip, but nurture, email sequence. That's also what I teach my students oh, um, I'm extremely into like email marketing because yeah. it automates literally everything it does and, and some people don't use it yeah, people, yeah but, but I'm kind of glad <laughs> <laughs> don't know about it my students. my students can use it and those, yeah I mean photographer is sometimes a little behind so but yeah FYI email marketing you could drip it out for even for photography like 12 months because yeah, yeah because people um want to hear about like 
they're they're in your market like way before they get engaged. Venues, maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your woo factor? I would say when I'm pretty good on Zoom sales calls, that's what I teach. And you're very smooth and good at your walkthroughs, which is very similar. But what would you say your woo factor is, your Duncan factor? Whenever I'm myself and I'm genuinely curious and I show my curiosity, I create fun conversations. Mm -hmm. Whenever I have a good conversation with someone and we're sitting by the fireplace overlooking the ocean... It's not me trying to woo them. Mm-hmm. It's just showing hospitality that I, I care about them. Whenever I see whether it's noticing a ring or whether it's noticing a watch or whether it's asking about where they're from, usually I can find a way to connect it back with something that I really care about mm-hmm. and I'm curious about. And that's really what conversation is all about. Mm-hmm. Good, good conversation is finding alignment. And I look for that in my conversations and I leave them with this feeling of, wow, I really enjoyed talking to Duncan. Like he was genuinely curious about me. I am curious about my clients. If someone says they're from Wisconsin, I say, oh, tell me about that spotted cow. Are you going to have some spotted cow? It's like the most famous beer in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find ways to relate. Yeah. Because I'm genuinely curious. I think that's my woo factor. My woo factor. Duncan factor number one. <laughs> Yeah, me and you are the type that we kind of get close to people fast. I had that a 10 minute screening call yesterday with a potential client. And then I think I could get away with it because I don't know why I can, but I asked her like, what took you so long to get married? (laughs) She said she was with him for 11 years and she actually opened up and she said that she never wanted kids because she just wanted to, you know, do her career as an attorney. And then she saw her her brothers having kids and she just changed her mind recently. And that was pretty deep, right? For someone to just tell you that in like five minutes after speaking with you. There's an overlap of vulnerability and willingness to take the next step. So if you're vulnerable with a client, like asking a tough question, mm-hmm. and then they're vulnerable back, mm. and then you were to say, hey, you know, Let's talk about the next step. They're more open. Yeah. They've they've revealed themselves. And I'm a big believer in being vulnerable. And there's different leadership styles. I'm on the more, I want to be open with you. I want to be transparent with you. And some leaders aren't like that, right? There's a very militaristic leadership Mm. style. It's like, I don't need to know what I'm thinking. I'm going to be thinking three steps ahead. I don't need to know what those three steps are. Mm -hmm. And Mm. that's that's not me. And And that's going to come back to bite me in some ways in my life. And that's okay. Because I leave with a lot of trust. Whenever you have that trust mm-hmm. and you do that with clients as well, I think it's better for sales. I really do think it's better for sales. Oh, yeah. Same, mm-hmm. same, same. We talked a little bit about follow-up before we started recording. Let's talk about the fortune and the follow-up because I know you're very good on that. Mm-hmm. At Lamenta, we have catering specialists and we have a booking specialist. And we have me. All of those people can send a contract and book someone. Mm. My job as the Vinny manager is to be available for encouraging the next step. And sometimes it, it takes a, a smooth sounding bass voice yes. to call on that <laughs> and ask the question. 
to get the next step. So I am probably calling 10 people a day, following up, saying, hey, were you able to come in for a tour? I'd love to schedule you for a tour. I'm the mini manager here. Tell me about your vision. And sometimes it's people who've already toured. Hi, have you considered La Venta? Are we in your top three? Um, what did you like about La Venta? What did you not like about La Venta? What's your obstacle? What's holding you up? You learn a lot on those calls yeah. and people answer. People are so scared to just dial the phone. It gets easier over time. I want your listeners to know the more you call, the easier it is to yeah. call. I'm not scared at all. I, I remember being 22, right out of college, and looking at that phone and being so scared yeah. to pull up in that, that, that phone number, Excel sheet, and just to dial it. And now I have no fear, and it feels great. I'm fearless now. I will call any number, anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a great skill. So it's a skill that you have to grow. It's a muscle you have to train, but it's worth training. It's very powerful. Wow. Yeah, I did multi multi level marketing. So in college, so I had to randomly call people. It was very the, tough, but I think it was it pretty good. Let's talk about um, the last five ten minutes. Um, just more about you. Just. You've been here for two years now. And what do you think, how have you grown the most um, in what aspect or like, how have you changed the past years? There are a lot has happened and another kid, um, you know, a new city, new state, um, or maybe like talk about your growth and maybe what you struggle with most mm -hmm. and how you overcame it. Yeah. As a hospitality professional, I am built out of, courtesy mm. i'm a southern boy and i say yes ma'am everyone <laughs> yeah. i am made out of courtesy and that comes with a weakness the weakness is that you're not as stern as you probably should be so whenever there's a guest yelling out in the parking lot mm. we have neighbors who do not like to hear mm. guests yelling in the parking lot my first response is gentlemen please 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 if you could lower your voices for our neighbors which is realistically too nice yeah yeah and I've had to learn to be more stern, more firm, more direct. And I've learned a lot about growing as a leader, that as a leader, you can always be nice. Mm. And that's okay. Awesome. It's okay to not always be nice. You know, you could buy like a taser on Amazon. Yeah, just tasers. <laughs> Hospitality. You think one. Has extra <laughs> oh, you're being loud? Let me show yeah, you. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> you're like, no, man. I'm going to give it to our parking lot yeah. and just buzz them if they start, they start screaming. I, I think another way that I've been growing, though, is what I want to see in my own events. Alyssa and I got into the event industry. Alyssa's my wife mm. because we love hosting events. And that's for a lot of us, right? We, we love hosting events. And I've learned more and more about what events are really about. And it's about friendships. And to have friends this last January where we had enough friends to host a dinner at our house. Mm. It was so special to be able to see our friends together around one table again after moving and not having that before. It, it makes you realize that it's about friendships and gathering. And good friendships are people that want you to grow. Mm. They want to support you. You tell you tell your friends good news and they look you down the eye and they say, that's awesome because they want the best for yeah. you. So to be around people here who want the best for me, and to have that team that I feel like I can grow as a leader and grow as a dad and grow as a party monster, it feels <laughs> good. It feels really good. Oh, that's so special. It's the community. Okay, one last question. Hmm. 
Maybe your very last best advice. There's a lot of wedding photographers and planners and DJs listening. And say someone's struggling to find that team, to find that passion, to find that table of people that just want to support them. And maybe they feel like the opposite, like people don't want the best for them. Like what's like a mindset shift um, you mm-hmm. could give them today to do? I think it comes down to asking if, if it wasn't about the money, what would I want to do? And so often we're, we're in survival mode, you know, especially living out in California, right? Like rent, rent's pretty expensive compared to North Carolina. Let me tell you that. I just got a from my parents. It was like $86. That's what she bought. I just had to pay a, a 10% increase in rent. Oh California, my God. Y'all, yeah. California. It's expensive. And when things are expensive, you chase the money. And when you chase the money, you forget about what's important. I invite you to ask yourself every day, why? Why am I doing this? Why do I want that? Because we need to be thankful for the most important things. And we need to be chasing those same most important things. And it's it's interesting how gratefulness should be the lead Because you think like, whenever I'm dreaming, I need to be dreaming about something I don't have. But really what you have now teaches you more about what you want in the future. And you got to work your way back. You got to visualize that perfect Duncan and you got to work your way back. Well, how do I get to that perfect Duncan? And it's all about the the why I do what I do. And that, that feeling of here's who is the perfect Duncan is. And for me, the perfect Duncan is a good dad, a good party monster, a good leader, and and I create memories for other people. My my tagline is memory crafter. I want to craft memories for other people. I think that's that's my gift. That's my art. I want to create memories for others. That was beautiful, Duncan. Well said. And we do, I forget, we do have couples listening, bride and groom. So tell everyone where to find you yes. if you want them to find you yes. and how to work or book a wedding at your venue. Yes, to, to book a tour at Laventa, go to laventa.com and learn about us with the PDF, um, check out our galleries, and then do our contact page to follow me. It's Duncan Blunt on Instagram. I have a creative page and I have my professional page. And I talk a lot about the event industry. I talk a lot about uh, working with vendors. So Duncan.Blunt on Instagram. Follow your boy, Memory Crafter. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for joining me this week on Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. Make sure to follow, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot and post to IG. Tag me. Also, don't forget to download my free guide on how to become a lead generating machine. See you next time, wedding pros.